0: safe is it safe to come out are 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 people done are people done arguing about ratings and people winning ratings and people losing ratings can we can we come back and talk about anything else is it all right good Whew, good all right hey cuz i was a little worried there there's been a lot of stuff a lot of people going Going cuckoo crazy today regarding ratings and uh, I was a a little concerned for my own safety before coming out here But everything's fine folks! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show I of course am he, Mr. Warren Hayes And this is uh, Thursday, November 21st, 2019 And we're going to be talking about Le Wrestling Uh, Right here, live, live on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Because I record this live every Thursday right here on the channel. And if you ever have the chance to pop in, you know, you know, just how awesome and great and friendly and welcoming and brilliant the chat, the live chat that joins me every Thursday is. We know how fantastic these people are, and I'm always thrilled that they're here. And we have another collection, a gaggle of wonderful, wonderful people here again this evening, such as Critical Sting and Benoit's here as well, Robert Larry, Carlos, and Zeus King, who uh, we haven't seen in a while. Good to see you. Uh, there you go. Sports and Things, Sports and Things, just Carlos. Well, it's good to see everyone here tonight, it's so fantastic, and of course, as we keep moving on, more and more people are going to pop in, and if you want more, you know, if, if you're watching this, and we do want more people to pop in, why don't you consider giving the video a thumbs up, that always helps, why don't you consider putting a link into the internet ether, and perhaps other people will come and join are the 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 wonderful goings on here that we that 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 happen here on youtube.com/misron or maybe you're watching this on demand on your own free time which is absolutely fine not a problem with that this is this is the reality in which we live these days uh do consider still giving the thumbs up and and reaching out and leaving comments and stuff like that those are all things that help and if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application hello How are you? This is a message just for people listening to the podcast, all right? Everyone else, if you're not listening to this on a podcast app, block your ears or skip about 10 seconds, okay? Here here begins the messages for the podcast uh, listeners. Hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for listening on your favorite podcast application, whether it be on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, everyone, you can, everyone can start listening again if you're, it's free for everyone at this point. Oh, yeah, so it's going to be a fun time tonight, um, and it's going to be a fun couple of days for me as well. As you know, every Thursday, uh, yes, every Thursday I do this, but I, every Friday I join uh, Sean Ross up for the, uh. Smackdown post show over on fightful.com. Fight uh fight uh, well yeah on fightful.com on their YouTube channel youtube.com slash fightful and uh and I, uh, so i'm going to be there tomorrow once again for uh, for everyone's joy and entertainment walking through God. I hope SmackDown is good this week. I think we deserve a good episode of SmackDown, but I don't know, it's a go-home show. We'll see. So I'll be doing that then Saturday. Saturday, I've got two things going on. Saturday morning, 11 a.m., right here on YouTube.com slash Hayes. I will be joined by DITS of the DITS on Wrestling Podcast. He's going to be uh, joining me for a prediction show, a Survivor Series predictions show, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Please, please, please. Try to make it. It's going to be a good time. I was on Ditz's show recently. He's a fantastic guy. We did a draft. We drafted uh, finishing maneuvers. And it was such a fun show to do. It really, really was. It was. I had a fantastic time doing it. So it's my pleasure to welcome him uh, over onto my little side of the internet. So uh, Saturday morning, Survivor Series Predictions, YouTube.com slash Hayes. In the evening, I will be anchoring the Fightful uh, uh, Takeover War Games post-show. Um, I will be joined by Alex Pulaski, Sean Ross. Apple will not be there, but I will be. So that'll be on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be again on Fightful on the Survivor Series post-show. Uh, give an analysis. I'll be there with Sean. And then back next week with the power recap on uh, on Tuesday unless something else happens, if you know what I mean. Um, and uh, and then uh Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday back with the Wednesday war, Wednesday night war podcast. I mean, your boy is busy. There's a lot of talk, a lot of talkity talk. And if you prefer to read words, I suggest you head on over to a wonderful site called belltobells.com which is your number one destination for women's wrestling coverage where where is this website you say haha <laughs> let me to let me remind you that's bell to b-e double l-t-o-b-e double l-e s.com be sure to check that out um and uh and also be sure to check out my patreon my patreon which is at Patreon.com/slash/MrWarrenHayes. I do a post show every. Uh, I do a post show every um, Thursday right after this stream here. I hop on there and I do another post stream, and uh, I do well not another post stream. I do a post stream after this show. It's so another stream. It's a post stream. That's that's what I'm trying to say, uh, and it's for patrons only. So it's a great way to show support for the show. You get in some more extra content, and I drop tidbits. I drop thoughts here and there as well on the uh, on the patreon so uh so be sure to come and join us tonight we're gonna i'm gonna be talking about uh triple H's recent uh, triple h's recent comments at the um uh at the uh, conference the media call i should say that he uh, did this week for uh takeover war games uh where he basically addressed uh a, a question that was asked of him um Uh, regarding uh, how he feels about the contract situations. I know some people requesting for their contracts uh, for the releases uh, on the internet out there in the open. Triple H responded to that. I thought his, I thought his response was interesting and I am hoping to, to get some uh to get some nuance. Let's get some nuance going. So there you go. Patreon.com slash Mr. Warren There's two tiers, one tier just to show support here for the Mr. Warren Hayes show. And if you want a little extra bang for your buck, there's one extra tier for the, the power pals, as I like to call them. The power pals. Papa pa power pals. Power pals. Um <laughs> I've been, I've had a little bit of coffee today. I think it's still in my bloodstream, and when I say when I say a little, I mean a lot. Um, and guys, just one last plug before before we go, and it's an important plug. Not that the others weren't important. Not that I don't think my work on Fightful is not important, or my Patreon is not important, or to Bell is not important. But this one is special. This one is special. Our boys over at the Speeds and the Benchmark Show, um, friends of the show. I love those guys, Chris Spizak and uh, and Silky. Uh, uh, the the benchmark of professional wrestling Um, for the second year running, they are going, they are having a toy drive uh, where they are basically, they are essentially and uh, out of the, the uh, just giving their time. (laughs) They're giving their time to, uh, to collect toys for, uh, for a local women's uh, shelter uh, over in their part of uh, Texas. It's called the Ford Bend women's center. And they're collecting toys to give to the children of the women who head to this center. Uh, the mission of the uh, Ford Bend Women's Center is to help survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault and their children to, to achieve safety and self-sufficiency while striving to prevent violence against women. So it is indeed a shelter for for uh, for women who are, uh, who are caught in these very, very unfortunate situations. And it does happen sometimes that these women are mothers. And a lot of these women uh, come from um, uh, from uh, uh, backgrounds of little means, and uh, and it it would be and it's nice to be able to uh, to provide these their their kids with uh, with some toys and some new toys and and like Spies uh, Chris likes to likes to say and this is important to underscore it we're not asking for donations for used toys we're going for new toys. You've been a kid before. You love unwrap. You remember the feeling of unwrapping a present and having a brand new toy, something fresh you break open the 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 the, the wrapping around it. You know, a new toy, something that they might not have, that they might not have the chance to have during the holidays or probably maybe maybe they never even had. Just a little something extra. So Chris set up an Amazon an Amazon wish list where he has all, where he has a whole bunch of suggestions of toys, but you can also add on. And it's the second year that they do this. They had a they had great success last year. Uh, and uh their goal is to reach a hundred toys this year. It's the holidays, man. Woman. And it's time I think it's a I think it's a good opportunity to show that, uh to show some support here. It's a great cause from some great dudes. Uh go check it out. Uh it uh, f- Go on the Spees and the Benchmark Twitter. That'll probably be the best place to get the information. That's Speez, S-P-E-E-Z-B-E-N-C-H-M-A-R-K. Spees Benchmark um, on Twitter and, uh, and check it out. It's for, uh, yeah, for the holidays, for a good cause. It's for the children. When you think of it, it's exactly like Wu-Tang. Now, before I say anything else that might uh, get me into real trouble. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm kidding. That won't get me into trouble, will it? No, it won't. But just in case, let's just go uh, and head on over to the weekly wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get to it. What a great week of wrestling we had. Don't you guys think? Don't you guys think that's the impression we have? Uh, that's the, or at least that's the impression I have when I started. When I started preparing my notes, I'm like, "Hey, you know, we had such a fun week of wrestling this week." And then I started to think back at everything that happened, and I'm like, mm, "No, no, it didn't start off that great because we had started on SmackDown, and we started with Baron Corbin and his goddamn dog outfit, the dog mascot." That's such shit. It is absolute garbage. And it is the hottest of hot trashes. What? Here's the thing. This all started the week before when Baron Corbin came out to challenge Roman Reigns' authority in the locker room and had Roman's dog graphic bark like it was a little chihuahua instead of like a big burr, mean junkyard dog, you know, kind of thing. And then they doubled down on the graphics. But not only did they double down on the graphics, they had the stupid mascot come out. And then they had Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know who legitimately finds this funny. I really don't. And I don't think... I don't think it's funny. And I don't don't think seeing three grown men in a ring force laughing is funny either. It makes me cringe. It does the opposite. I look at three grown men going, <laughs> and I feel probably exactly what you felt right here and now looking at me doing exactly that. That's that's awful. It's it, it, It's stupid. But you know what's stupid on top of that? Roman getting pissed off at it, that's, Roman, Roman, stop, that's dumb, it's not even, how is that, a, it's not a challenge, he's not undermining you, This. it's just dumb, Roman, there's nothing to get mad at, you should be just like, bro, you're trying too hard, and just walk away, Now, if he was making fun of, If Baron Corbin was making fun of Roman's cancer might, you know, going a little too far, but hear me out. If Baron Corbin is out there making fun of Roman, Roman's cancer and saying uh, awful shit about him and, you know, (laughs) well, I wouldn't want him to start saying, oh, I wish your cancer would come back Roman or that'd be, that'd be terrible. But at least we'd all get behind the fact that Baron Corbin is a dick. Here, Baron Corbin is more like a, he's a clown. And it's fascinating because we got to know Baron Corbin much, much better during the King of the Ring tournament where he was portrayed as a legitimate competitor. He wrestled well, his promos were good. And now he's back into the same type of goofy heel shit they had him do back when he was assistant to the general manager or general manager's assistant or whatever you want to call it, the, the assistant GM, it's the same type of goofy stuff that is supposed to be creative, but it's not. The angle here between Corbin is Ro- and Roman is simple. Baron Corbin is making a play for locker room leadership over Roman because Roman wasn't there to... Uh, to guide the locker room against the NXT invasion when they first invaded on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. And that's an angle that can work by itself with just, um with, with Baron Corbin just establishing facts, saying truths about Roman, and Roman getting pissed at it because he doesn't want, because he's he's the alpha, the alpha's being challenged. These are not challenges. This is just it's tomfoolery. It's it's asinine. No one in their right mind would give uh would give Baron Corbin the time of day here and be like, come out and be like, mm-hmm, I don't appreciate this mascot wearing my merch. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. The angle would be so much simpler based in realism in true locker room politics. Instead of falling into this goofy garbage. And uh, and I can tell in the chat that you also think it's goofy garbage. And we have a few more people who popped in. I'm going to take a minute here to say hello. Hey, say hello, Tim Traver. How you doing, Tim? It's always good to see you. Mr. Francis. is here. We have Evangelina Cantu. Yes, I can. Cantu. Oh, I'm sorry. Jason PS3 is here. Andrew... Adzi- See, I see you. I see you often on Twitter, Andrew. And in the back of my mind, every time I see your name, I'm like, by God, I hope I never have to pronounce his last name. And here I am, Ardizzy. Ar- Ardizzi. By God, I'm sorry. And Kristen Ashley is here as well. Uh, anyhow, so the trashiest of trash fires and hot trash to uh to the Baron Corbin stuff. But that's enough. Let's move on to some cool beans that happened on SmackDown. The New Day versus the Revival was a lot, was a lot of fun and I'm going to talk about the Revival a little later on and I think you know in what context. But this was great. This was a great tag team match from people who know how to wrestle tag team as as tag teams and they're they're given time, they're given the the wiggle room to do stuff. This was good. I like this. Um, but as far as SmackDown goes, we're going to go right back into the hot trash, 35 minutes and 12 seconds of wrestling on your two hour show. I do not think that is acceptable. I really don't. I really, really, really don't think it's acceptable. Especially when this is Fox is the A show. Fox. SmackDown is the A-show. And don't kid yourselves. It is the A-show for WWE. It is the only show that's on broadcast television. You don't have to pay for a special channel. You don't even have to have a cable bill to watch SmackDown now. It's the A-show. And this is the A-show that everyone... The rumors were running rampant beforehand saying... Fox executives want to focus more on the sports aspect. We're not getting the sports aspect. We're getting we're getting the tail end of everything that makes us cringe about WWE. Fox since moving to Fox, there has effectively been one good episode of SmackDown, and it was the invasion. And that kind of happened out of brute force. They were forced into that situation, but that's really, really the only time we've had a good episode of of, of, of SmackDown since it's moved to Fox, and that breaks my heart because that, on the opposite side, meanwhile, Raw's been picking it up. Raw's been really good. So I don't think that on your A show, you should be having just a little over a half hour of total in-ring action on your wrestling show. And no, I don't watch wrestling for the storylines. If I want to watch something with storylines, I'll fire up Netflix and I'll watch Stranger Things. If I want any, if I want storylines, I'll watch anything else than wrestling. I want to watch wrestling complemented by storylines. But it, <laughs> if, I, if I watch wrestling for the storylines, by God, by God, I'm a sad, sad, sad person. Oh, okay, so Andrew corrected me. It's R-D-Z. R-D-Z. And He says, no worries, I've heard R-Doozy before. I, that, I don't know how that happens. Um, Want to say hello to D-Generation MC in the chat, and our boy Vape, Ross Vape, is here as well. <laughs> He's consoling Andrew, saying it's okay. He can't pronounce Vape, Ross Vape. And you noticed, Ross... I took the time to pronounce it, right? I, I poised myself to say one part at a time. <laughs> um, um Degeneration MC here uh, jumps into the fold and he says, seems the only good slash great things to come out of WWE since 2001 have come from brute force. Jason PS3 says the difference between Raw and SmackDown is one of them has an extra hour. Um okay, I think I see what you mean, but here's the thing. I've often I've been often um of the opinion that the that the that 3 hours of raw, there's always 1 hour of raw that is weaker than the others. And I've always felt like SmackDown was a better tighter 2 hour show because they had two hours to pack what they needed to pack in. And this is recent. SmackDown has been a much better show. It was a much better show than Raw for the majority of 2019. So clearly there are some decisions that were that have been made to m- have SmackDown be the way it is right now. Anywho. Anywho, J- J.S. Brown is here as well. He's making fun of my French Canadian accent. I have a French Canadian accent. And Benoit says WWE seems to shine only when they are backed into a corner. There you go. Um. All right. So the okay. Let's keep moving. Let's keep this ball rolling. We're gonna go back and start uh, start opening up some cool beans, such as the opening segment of Raw where we had Becky Lynch come out. We had the Iconics come out to say that they were mad to have been left off team raw for survivor series. Then Charlotte comes out and announced that she announces that she's the team captain of team raw. And so they, they fight. And what I, what I liked here, uh, the, the match was fine. And I thought the dynamics were cool. I liked Becky saying outright I don't care about brand supremacy I just want to I just want to beat some people up and I, I like that and that's something I can get behind and it makes sense in Becky Lynch's character as well to not be about the brand supremacy thing uh what, look where it got her last year <laughs> it, it, she she got her face caved in and she was out for with a concussion that's where that's what brand supremacy did to her. Yes, yes, I know, I know it turned her into the hottest thing in the company since then and her momentum has carried her all the way here. Sure, I get it. <laughs> uh, but but the fact, that I, what I also liked here is Charlotte came out and said, look, Becky, the powers that be want us to team up together. I really don't care. I don't want to team with you. I'm being pushed into this. And this, this is all that it, this is all I needed for Becky and Charlotte to be teaming up because of course they cannot, they couldn't have been doing it out of their own volition. It couldn't have been because they really wanted to, there had to be a good reason. And here was the good reason they were being forced into it. I like it. That's all I need. That's all I need. So I like it. I like, I like it when my wrestling, when my wrestling makes sense. I really do. I'm, going to, I'm putting the Hot Trash label right here, ladies and people in the chat. And I'm going to ask for your opinion. What do you think happened on Raw that you feel would garner the label of Hot Trash for the evening? I'm wondering what could have happened on Raw that would have got to me to the point where I'm like, mm, you know what? Mm, this right here deserves deserves some hot trash i wonder what it could be and people in the chat have started to respond this critical sting is saying lana and lashley sports and things says La- lashley lana jason ps3 says uh l plus r plus b which sounds like a combo sounds like a street fighter street fighter combo andrew says oh seth spoke not bad but it is by god lana the lana angle my god i am so done with it aaron jace fan how you doing buddy and hi again tim and michael stepney how you doing says anything (laughs) pertaining to lana and lashley yeah lana's getting a divorce Last week, if you all remember, I called out trash on this as well on the on the Angle last week. But I did put over the fact that Lana was making was was making was spinning gold out of the garbage that she was being handed. Uh she she was convincing her promo was good, her delivery was fantastic not this week. She got a restraining order on um She got a restraining order on, uh, on Rusev And she said, he cannot be for Near me, he cannot be within 90 miles of me 90 miles (laughs) You know, he can't be even 90 yards, 90 minutes 90, whatever 90 days Oh That was not good and I still hate it. I I still despise the, set, the 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 angle. I think it's stupid. And there is no character advancement here. There is none. There's no storyline advancement. We are exactly at the same place where we were. There's no real progression, folks. It's all smoke and mirrors. What else has happened? It has happened. We're just being fed information. Things that are happening off screen. They're taught. They're telling us about it. You know, we're we're not seeing Lana getting the 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 restraining order or the divorce. It's happened. Not that I want to see it, but we're being told about things that have happened. It's story time. It's boring. We don't want to. We we don't want to be told about things that have happened. We want things to happen in front of our eyes. So for that, well. Stop doing stupid angles and let uh, let everyone uh, fight about wrestling things. So if Lana was able to get a restraining order on Rusev, I figured that I would do us a favor and go out and get a restraining order myself for us, the wrestling fans. And I got it from a very, I went out, consulted my legal team. And they came up with, with this restraining order right here. This is uh, th- right here, right here is the is our restraining order folks I think we did I think as wrestling fans we necessitate our very own restraining order from the lana angle I think it has to stay within it has to stay away from us has to stay within 90 miles <laughs> of all our collective areas 15 feet away from us see? I was very generous or at least uh, my, my legal team was very generous just 15 feet away from wrestling fans everywhere that's all that's all we need <laughs> there we go it's g- gave me some material but it's still <laughs> it's still hot trash um let's move on to uh, the uh, the the first bottle of the first bottle of warm soda that I'm going to give this evening, my good, my good folks, the Seth Rollins versus Andrade match, because I'm I'm torn, I'm torn on it, for well for two specific reasons. That's why you're torn usually about something. The match was great, I loved the match. I thought the ending was was junk, but at the same time, I was pissed off that they were putting Andrade in this position because I was like, there's no way they're going to have Seth lose his captainship just before Survivor Series. And Andrade has been on a winning streak since the draft. I was like, eh. So on one hand, I'm glad that they protected Andrade and didn't have him take an explicit L here. Um, so that's one thing that I liked about it. It's one thing I'm torn on. But I like the match. But one thing I did that I don't like, and I think the parallels are becoming clearer and clearer, Seth Rollins is the new Roman Reigns. He is getting the Roman Reigns push. You are going to like this baby face, WWE says to its fans, whether you like him or not. We're going to drive him down your, th- uh, your throats because... Because we want him to be the top babyface, and you're going to accept him as such. And it's turning on him. A lot of people will argue, and with good reason, that his public persona uh, is not helping to create goodwill for him. As opposed to Roman, who is Roman is a literal class act. He is a stand up guy. He conducts himself like a pro. He doesn't get into Twitter bullshit, doesn't overt well, he did get into that thing with um with Tomatonga last year, but that was actually funny. But he's he doesn't call it like Will Ospreay, the whole Will Ospreay thing. Look, Seth, Seth on is a liability to himself. As far as his babyface persona is. And if WWE was indeed listening to the fans and decided to move forward with this, they would give him a heel turn. That's all Seth needs, really, and that will keep Seth Rollins hot. And isn't that what you want? You want your people to stay over? Why is it so goddamn hard for WWE to make stars? And the way that you make Seth Rollins a heel is essentially by giving him that bit of the, the the bit of bailey's heel turn when she started to turn and she was like look i'm still the good guy i'm still the role model i don't understand why everyone is turning against me i don't know why you guys are being are flaming me in my mentions on twitter i don't understand this because i've always been who i always been and if you just push that to the extreme where he is just he's overcome and he wants to be the hero wants to be the top guy the top guy the the inspiration but in fact he really is an asshole Where where he is naively disingenuous it would be fantastic and everyone would dig it I know they would I and I really feel bad for Seth I really do because I like Seth Rollins. I I think he's a great worker. I think he's a good guy to have at the top of your card. But right now, they're putting him in positions where you're like, oh, well, there's no way Seth is losing this. They're giving him these matches where it's like, well, Seth is going to win. It's exactly what they were doing with Roman. They're doing it all over again. But with Seth. And they're not leaning into what the audience is asking for. I don't know, man. It's fascinating. Blaine Mendoza has joined us in the chat. He says the match was great. The ending fell flat. Fook Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> um, Degeneration MC it, uh, has a pretty good point here. Reigns was the new Cena. Rollins is the new Reigns. WWE has created a top babyface curse that has been going 15 years strong right now. Andrew says, yeah, but Tama destroyed him, talking about Roman, but then Tama destroys everyone. Yes, and it was all in good fun as well, because you know they're they're like they're not direct family, like um they're they're not direct family, but they're they're all very, very close. It's one big clan. Zeus King says Rollins is just so tiresome. And I agree. Evangelina thinks that Rollins is turning heel at Survivor Series. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. And Benoit says Punk is right. CM Punk, who made an appearance on WWE Backstage this week, says he needs to shut up. He being Seth Rollins. He needs to shut up and stop tweeting dumb reactionary shit. I want to say hello to Daniel McCauley just jumped in and he adds just give seth a live microphone let him read his own twitter (laughs) that's your heel turn (laughs) uh that's pretty good (laughs) i like that all right um we're gonna uh, we're gonna move back to some uh, cool beans here where are the cool beans where are the cool beans there they are couldn't find them i guess my vision has gone away maybe i am a boomer Buddy Murphy versus Akira Tozawa was fan-fucking-tastic. What a great, great match this was. Tozawa was hungry as fuck. This, he wrestled like a guy who hadn't been on television for months and was ready to make the most out of his opportunity. It was hard-hitting. It was awesome. The top... The uh, rope hung sent on that he hit was beautiful. He was all over the place. Awesome, awesome, awesome match. Buddy Murphy had to win this one. Uh, clearly they're building him, but Tezawa looked so good. So, so good. I love Akira Tezawa. He's always been one of my favorites on 205 Live. Uh, it's a shame that he's being lost in the mix as well. Speaking, but hey, why is Alistair Black not wrestling? Why, why is Alistair Black, why is the best thing that we figure we can have Alistair Black do is get ding-dong ditched by Buddy Murphy? It's stupid. Stupid. Have Alistair Black come into the ring and face wash jobbers. That's what you do. It's so, so simple. It worked with the War Raiders. Perfectly well. It worked with Braun Strowman perfectly well. Have your jabronis come out every week, have Alistair Black black mask the face off of them, and that's it. And no more of this. Come knock on my door. Who wants to pick a fight with me? It's done. Aleister doesn't need that. He has presence. He has presence. He has a mystique. It's easy to build. I'm an Alistair Black guy, by the way. Samoa Joe on commentary was cool beans. Samoa Joe on commentary was fantastic. Nothing against Dio Madden, uh, who I thought was really, really improving. Um, But man, Samoa Joe is on a whole other plane of existence. And you know what was great about it? Is that he wasn't afraid to call out anything he thought was stupid. Do you guys remember when the Lucha House Party popped out of nowhere to attack uh, Seth Rollins or Andrade during their match? I can't remember who. Do you you guys remember what Samoa Joe's reaction was? Do you remember? Because I do. It was laughter. He laughed. He saw them come out with their masks, with their, in the blue, the three guys, and he laughed. Later on in the evening, we had Kevin Owens versus Drew McIntyre, who are on the same team at Survivor Series and in one-on-one contest. And I'm watching this and I tweeted out. And I said, why are they fighting? They're on the same team. Why are they out there in a match? What do they have to prove? What's, give me a reason for this to happen because this is not making sense to me. And what does Samoa Joe say? He himself doesn't understand. He says, putting these two guys in a match together, this is not a good team building exercise. Give me Samoa Joe every week. Uh, Have him be the voice of reason. Someone has to be talking through this bullshit right now. I loved it. And he's good. He's so natural. We already knew this because he's done color before. He's done analysis on the uh, pre-shows and uh, on the pay-per-view pre-shows and stuff like that. He's good. He's a natural talker. Joe, once he's done wrestling, is a shoe-in for any promotion who wants him as as a color guy. He is going to be amazing. He's got... He is set as far as his post wrestling career goes, but I would love that if he uh, if he stayed on, as on a more regular basis on commentary. Like you could literally get rid of Jerry Lawler at this point, and if Dio comes back, if you want to maintain the three the the three person table on Raw, you, you keep Vic, you get Dio back, and you have Joe, and you say. Jerry, thank you for your time. You're making, but you know you're doing the same jokes week after week. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> Daniel says, "Someone Joe doing most things is cool beans." I can't argue with that. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and Benoit says match him with. Authors of Pain, which yes is one of my one of my fantasy. That's one of my fanfics. And uh, Blaine Mendoza says Lawler needs to get the fook out of here. That's Blaine's gimmick to say fook. I want to give a shout out to uh, everyone listening right now, curled up on the uh, couch having some salted caramel cocoa. Shout out to everyone enjoying their this chilly evening. Some more Cool Beans. We're gonna start moving on a little faster here. Cool Beans to Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens, which I thought was a spectacular match. Fucking great stuff. Being la- uh, Kevin Owens getting launched off the apron into the barricade was a crazy spot. The DVD on the apron as well. Owens hitting a pop-up powerbomb on Drew McIntyre was something I was happy to see on my, in my life. And the post... Um, the post-angle, the post-match angle with Triple H, I thought was amazing. I thought it was really, really good. Triple H coming out, calling back their history, calling back to NXT, clearly trying to recruit them, saying, you know, I handpicked you. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing here. I handpicked you in NXT, and then you were called up here, probably against your will by people who didn't know how to handle you, and they've been trying to fire you ever since, which is true. And he never outright <coughs> offered him a spot because Undisputed Era ran in and started attacking him. And I like the little nuance here where you saw Triple H and Adam Cole ha- having words. Triple H was like, what the fuck are you doing, Adam? And I was, I'm like, no, 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 no. This is enough. We don't need this guy. And they start beating up on him. I thought that was great. So, And commentary didn't like, emphasize it and go oh there's clearly some dissension no 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 this was meant for people who were paying attention and i like it you don't have to force feed me everything down my throats as as week after week there's some things i can i can observe and make out for myself i love that i love this talked a lot about a lot about WWE. We still have some more cool beans and hot trash and warm soda to give out to AEW. Going to stay with some going to stay with some cool beans here. And we're going to talk about uh specifically Phoenix versus Nick Jackson that opened up AEW Dynamite this week. Just going to point out, I tweeted it out, but it 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 bears being repeated. Wednesday night started with Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix on AEW and then on NXT in the meantime starts off with Becky Lynch returning to full sail to call out Shayna Baszler but instead gets a face full of Rhea Ripley now folks if this isn't an indication that we as wrestling fans are blessed I don't know what is I don't care on what side of the fence you fall, you don't have to fall on a side on any side of the fence. As a wrestling fan, I was looking at both of these things. and I'm like, this is so good. This is so so cool. If you want to draw lines and you want to draw, uh, if you want to draw lines and pick sides, go ahead. But you're missing out on the beauty of what these Wednesday night wars are bringing us. That was. So, so amazing. Anyway, back to Phoenix versus uh, Jackson. I love the opening sequence where they're trying to hit each other's finishers and kicks and whatnot. And they're all dodging out of it. The balancing off the second rope by Nick Jackson on Phoenix was uh, so, so good. Phoenix is running uh, on the second rope to hit Hurricane Rana on Jackson. My God. Nick even hit a Canadian destroyer that he uh that he uh he moved a, a Canadian destroyer into a sharpshooter and then I'm starting to think that Nick Jackson is secretly Canadian. It's crazy good how Ray Phoenix is. And I like the idea that AEW despite the fact that these are two tag team guys that they're putting them in singles matches, high level high ca- caliber singles matches and establishing them as potential single stars. I mean these are seeds that have been planted here. Ray Phoenix clearly more in his element than Nick Jackson because Phoenix does have a lot of experience as a singles wrestler. But I definitely definitely can get behind Nick Jackson having a singles career. I don't know if it, if the if the Young Bucks will ever really break apart. <clears throat> Do they have to break apart to have singles careers, you know? But I definitely, definitely see Nick Jackson having his. Uh, I definitely see Nick Jackson going forward with a singles career. I think the more, the more his hairline recedes, the better chance he the the better he will become. This is a singles wrestler. <laughs> well, you see, Tim is in the Tim Driver in the chat. He says he's got. Uh, Pop and chips to watch uh, to watch my stream right now. See that's fantastic. Degeneration MC says Phoenix is a literal Skywalker. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes he is actually. That, I thought that was, it's a that's a good comment. That's very good. Um, some more cool beans to Sheeta versus Britt Baker. Uh, I I really like this match. Sheeta going over was the right call here. Uh, I, we're going to get. We are going to get a uh, a crazy, crazy-ass Joshi match between Riho and and Shida, and I am all here for that. It's such a good idea. And what the one thing that pains me out of this story is that a lot of people are taking this opportunity to shit on Britt Baker. And I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, and I'm going to keep saying it. Britt Baker is not a stiff. Britt Baker can work. Britt Baker uh, is coming off momentum from her match at all in two years ago she's still working off of that momentum because she was a standout in the women's match that they had there she was really really good she shone, but she's also super inexperienced she doesn't have the 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 background especially of Sheeta, who's been wrestling for 11 years now I think Britt is like Nyla Rose and I will I'll keep hammering this home, gals and guys. Britt, like Nyla Rose, is are not ready to be put in the positions AEW would like them to be put in, uh, would like to put them in. <laughs> they're not ready. They're, they're still too inexperienced to carry a division, to be the face of a division or be, you know, like Nyla being the monster final boss heel. We're not there yet. However putting Brit in matches with the likes of Sheeta, with the likes of Shauna, who they recently signed. Getting experienced uh, talent who have worked hundreds of dates on the indie circuit and putting them in matches with Brit will benefit Brit. If she wrestles these different styles, these experienced women, she will pick up. And do you know why? Because she's good at wrestling. Because she's good at it. And she will improve. She was there's she was put in a position she was just not not cleared for yet. That's all. So that being said, Sheeta versus Rio, bring it on! Um, holy shit, that battle royal was garbage. Whoops, G- was garbage. Flaming. Flaming, burning, warm to the touch shit. I did not like it. And it is clear to me now that that AEW does not know how to put on a proper battle royal because I have not seen them put on a proper battle royal to date. And yet they they lean in pretty heavily on it. You know, they even coming up with their own concept. You know, with the suits, with their casino battle royal concept. They, you know, they want to cr- try out something new and I'm okay with that. I think the concept can eventually work, but it's not working right now. They need to produce them better. They need to not have them be executed like you're watching an indie show. You, you have a full arena, but more importantly, you have an audience at home that has to see the spots. There were dudes diving, uh, right and left, uh, people holding the ring ropes so that people would dive out. We didn't see the dives. We didn't see the dives. Uh, at some point, Jimmy Havoc has a has a uh, staple gun, but we didn't see him get the staple gun, and he starts going around stapling dudes. It reminded me of the spot at Double or Nothing when Joey Janela had his cigarette stapled to his forehead, but no one saw it. We saw it later on Twitter, but no one in production picked it up. Too many things happening at once. Uh, the MJ spot, the MJF spot was. Super predictable, and it was also stupid because one the the idea here is that the two final guys in the ring after the battle royal are going to meet next week for the uh for the battle bowl ring, whatever it's called. (laughs) And uh, so there was Adam Page and Jungle Boy who were left standing in the ring, there was no bell, so of course. I'm like, well, of course, we know MJF is still out there. He hasn't been eliminated. We know this. What are you guys doing? And <laughs> and it, it, the, just the fact that the two of them are standing in the ring and they're like, huh? they should have been looking around and being like, well, why aren't you looking at the refs? Why aren't you calling for the bell? It was dumb. It was it was dumb. It was dumb, and I didn't like it. And it, it, it to me it was a big big blemish on uh, on uh, on Dynamite this week. Am I am I glad that we're getting Adam Page versus MJF next week? Sure. Sure. Th- that's not the issue. The ex- the execution here was the issue. Billy Gunn acting like he's freaking Brock Lesnar having everyone gang up on him and him doing a rawr, having everyone fly off is the dumbest thing I have seen. That's See that's what you can do when you can when you produce your own matches. That's the stuff you can do. It was dumb. I didn't like it. I re- I really didn't like it. And AEW has to do better with their battle royals because right now I'm just like, ugh, not another battle royal. However, one thing they can give me week after week and I will continue entertaining is Chris Jericho promos. By God, he is so, so good at what he does. He's able to balance just enough goofiness with seriousness and keeping that cool element about him. Again, another gemstone of a promo this week week after week everything that jericho does is spectacular right now there's only cody's promo that promo you know the one i'm talking about that eclipses everything else but that was a special nugget in time that was unique jericho is such a treasure in what he does he knows how to balance the the comedy with with the with the serious uh cuz this whole exchange with scorpio sky was essentially like a just a comedy of errors I loved it I thought it was great and it was really really good and I'm gonna give out some warm soda to uh Darby Allen versus John Moxley and again I I'm a little I'm a little divided on this and this is why N- not on the match it's not the match I like the match I thought the match was 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 a lot of fun. Uh, I love the start. Darby Allen just diving straight on onto Moxley. Thought it was great. Uh, Darby's crossbody off the the turnbuckle onto Moxley was standing. Moxley was standing like this and Allen flies off and he goes, and he just like bounces off Moxley. Moxley didn't move. I thought that was a great visual. It was so good. And of course, of course, the second row paradigm shift. Are you kidding me? Darby Allen it doesn't I think he really does hate himself. My God. That was one of the sickest things I have seen all year. So the match is fine. However, my issue here, the thing that that's that's dividing me is why didn't you have Darby Allen win? Yeah, I, this is, again, something I tweeted out, and a lot of people came back to me and said, well, he looked good in defeat. He, you know, it's able, you're able to look strong in defeat, and this is something I agree with. But I don't feel that this was a match that you look strong in defeat in. I'm not saying it was a squash match, far from it, but I didn't see any battling qualities that got me to root for Darby Allen. And when the match came, finally came to an end, I was like, well, holy crap, he gave it his all. He just he laid it all out there. I don't feel like he laid it all out there. It's a loss. He took a loss to John Moxley, who, whose win makes sense too. The win makes sense because just last week, he was telling us that, he he wants to be, you know, at the top of the food chain, and he's taking on all comers and whatnot, and I'm okay with that. So this makes sense that he wins because he's, he you know, he's getting rid of everyone, getting rid of all the competitions. I'm a, it makes sense in that story as well, but you could have told the same story by having Darby Allen win the match, which instantly whoops, props him up into that inner circle of, uh, being, I'm not being funny into that inner circle of guys who can hang at the main event level because he beat Moxley. And then you have your rematch with Moxley because Moxley is like, what the fuck is this kid? I'm supposed to be the 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 top of the food chain. Who is this kid? This kid needs to be taught a proper lesson. And then you have that crazy hardcore match. Then you have... Darby Allen spiraling out of control and John Moxley doing whatever he wants with him and then have that match where Moxley wins but Allen looks fantastic in it. This was not it for me. This was not the Darby Allen, such heart, what a guy. This wasn't it. This wasn't it. It was a good match. Both guys looked good but I don't feel like Darby Allen's star rose with this. It did inevitably, but I don't think it elevated him to how certain people might think he has. There's there there's more there's more story to be told out of Moxley and Darby Allen. There's really something cool that could be as far as a storyline goes, something really cool to be told and some extraordinary matches. And John Moxley would not have, John Moxley would not have lost a thing. He wouldn't have downgraded in any way had he lost to Darby Allen. Should have it been uh, taken seriously, I guess. Uh, Degeneration MC says I was expecting a Undertaker Jeff Hardy moment. Very surprised we didn't get it. And it's not just because I'm reading people who agree with me, which is which is something I, I I should do, right? It's my show. Um, and Kristen Ashley says that she really thinks warm soda is underrated. Sometimes you don't want freezing ass soda in winter in Wisconsin, for one, by example. Yeah, but you don't want you don't want soda that's been hanging around the counter for days, right? Benoit says warm Gatorade. No, no, no. No tepid coffee, maybe. Daniel says the body bag skateboard entrance was cool beans with the with the the Darby Druids. They kind of looked like douchebags though. <laughs> and I'm going to give the coolest of cool beans, the absolute coolest of cool beans, to the undisputed era versus the revival this week on NXT. There's not a match this week that happened on television that is even close to this. This is a match of the year candidate right here. God. Damn, it was good. I got shivers when the undisputed era tried to uh to double team Dash Wilder straight off the bat, you know, early on anyway. Tried to double team him with double team suplex and um Dawson runs in to catch him so he doesn't land on his back. Then the Revival, try to throw some punches. Undisputed Era, avoid them. Undisputed Era, throw some kicks. Uh, Revival, avoid them. And then they sort of stand off on each other. And then you just start laying into each other. I got shivers. It was so so well-timed and not over the top. It was just clean. To the point, we got it. Love the moment when Dawson got a hot tag, but then gets thrown off the apron by Bobby Fishit. And usually you'll see, you know that the spot where it's like trying to get the the tag to the partner, and then the other team, the, the guy from the other team runs around the apron and trips the guy off the apron so that he doesn't make the tag. Here Dawson got the tag, then was thrown off. He had to fight his way back into the ring. He fought off Fish. He got Fish back into the ring. Kyle O'Reilly does a pesca- sets up for a pescado onto Dawson who's on the outside. What does Dawson do? He moves. He just takes a step back. <laughs> it's fantastic. That European uppercut into the excellent brain buster on Fish was something I popped for. The superplex with the big splash by Dash Wilder. Dash Wilder uh, just fists, no flips, flying off the top rope in a flying body splash. And you know what I liked about it the most is when, when he was flying through the air, he wasn't like soaring. You know, it wasn't like Jimmy Snuka coming off like that, you know, or he was swimming. His arms and his legs were like, ah! Like he was out of his element. I Just a small touch, but it was like, look, look how awkward he looks right now. It was fantastic. The high low is reversed in uh, the high low is blocked. I think it's Dawson who shoves uh, who, who shoves fish out of the ring. I don't quite remember. And, and then instantly they're running into the ropes into the shatter machine. I was like Jesus Christ! And I thought the match was done. I thought they got it. They they had me. And Kylo Riley Kylo Riley breaks up the pin. That was fucking awesome. Kylo Riley's knee drop from the top rope. Onto Dawson's back was savage. And the ending, the conclusion to this match. Be so perfect. Like the guys are gassed. They're done. They they have no more energy. Wilder's just been tossed to the outside. He's trying to get into the ring. Dawson is alone. He's got Kyle O'Reilly on one side, Bobby Fish on the other. He's spent. They're setting up for the high low. He looks at them both. He sees Wilder trying to get into the ring. Wilder can't. And Dawson just shrugs him off. And he looks at the Undisputed Air and he says, Kiss my ass. And they high-low him and they win. The revival is like, we tried. We tried and it, it's not working. It didn't work. But we, we goddamn we tried. And we'll try another time. Ah. Oh. This was so good. It was so, so, so good. Right now in WWE, we legitimately have three match of the year contenders. We have Sasha and Becky at Hell in a Cell. We have Walter versus Tyler Bate at uh, NXT uh, Cardiff. And then we have this. And... Remember earlier when I started off and was talking about the undisputed era, no excuse me, the the uh, the revival versus um uh the new day at first and the new day won the match there as well. I it's starting to feel like a farewell tour, boys and girls. It's starting to feel like a farewell tour. Everything we've heard, all the rumors going around and all the stuff that I'm privy to and that I'm not supposed to talk about, (laughs) and here I am, Um, there's a lot of talk going on right now that the Revival are not going to renew. Keep your eyes on what happens over the next few months. It's really going to be telling. But the Revival have always said that it's not about the money. When, When they... All they want, and they've said this numerous times, they want the tag team division in WWE to mean something. That's really all they want, and it's not a question of money. They just want the tag team division to mean something. And when you see matches, like we saw last night, where the tag teams are tearing it up, and when you see the tag team's The fantastic tag team division that they built in AEW. You know how fantastic, real, good tag teams can be. I don't know why they're not doing this with the Revival. (laughs) The Generation MC says, Inject Buck's Revival into my veins. Well, they do have some FTR to settle up. Benoit West says NWA. Sure, I mean if if they're really if if if, if they're tr- if they really really aren't about the money, sure, <laughs> over ten NWA. But it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next few months. But and yeah, you know, I was talking about this on the um, on the Fightful show last night. You know, people, I think Alex Polowski was saying, you know you have the revival come back later against Undisputed Era to, you know, and you can build off this story. And I'm like, no. They they put a a beautiful conclusion to this match. This match should not be revisited. Not not in a couple of years and in different circumstances. This was fantastic. This was gorgeous. This was perfect. Perfect in-ring storytelling. Exquisite in-ring work. There's nothing more to say about uh about undisputed era and revival. This was phenomenal. Undisputed Era just got their seal of approval. They probably are the best tag team in NXT, one of the best that ever that's ever been in NXT just with that win. There we have it folks. That uh that about wraps it up for the weekly wrestling inspection. <laughs> long <laughs> well there was so much good there was a lot of stuff to talk about and some great stuff as well um so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna cut a little bit into what i had planned uh to talk about tonight and maybe revisit it next week um because i did want i look i did want to talk about uh the nwa jim Cornette thing uh i i I did leave my comments over on, on Patreon on patreon.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And I didn't want to re echo them here, but I I guess I'm just going to gloss over it very, very quickly, but you can, you know, if you want to become a, if you want to support me over on on Patreon, you can go check it out. Listen to my, uh, listen to my thoughts about the whole Jim Cornette thing. I posted them before NWA, um, um, before NWA announced that he had resigned. Yeah, Sure. Um and um uh you know the only thing that I want to underscore here, and this is what's really, really, really essential and super, super crucial that we're that we all understand, is that NWA this is a situation where no one looks good. And it's not just because not just because NWA hired a potential time bomb, a ticking time bomb, not the Hiro- the Hiromu Takahashi type, like a literal a time bomb, a social, uh, a social atomic bomb that could burst in your face at any given moment. Not just because they willingly went along with it, <clears throat> but NWA Power is a taped show, folks. It's edited. Someone decided that it was okay to leave that in there. They have editors. They have someone. They have a producer somewhere who sees a rough cut of the program and has to give their okay. There is so- someone who has final say on the on the final cut. There is, uh, there's someone in the decision making area who let this go by. So no one looks good here. I appreciate Nick Aldis coming out and saying, you know, it's an unfortunate situation, but speaking on my behalf, I'm embarrassed by this because we've it, it lacked a lot of sensitivity and it's goes against everything that I've been trying to build in this company. and I appreciate that. I thought David Lagana's uh, response was very corporate. This was a this and NWA has to take responsibility. Not necessarily for hiring Jim Cornette. They knew what they were getting into. That's not the issue. But they have to apologize. They have to take full responsibility and show true contrition that they let this slip by, that they let this go because they were not... Because they they didn't have the resources to to make the proper judgment call on this. And having the proper resources is not difficult. All you need is a little diversity on your creative team, your writing team, whatever you want to call it. Just a little diversity. A little cultural uh, mishmash. Perhaps a woman on your staff or two. You know, it's... it's It's like with the Jordan Miles thing. You know, someone puts out that T-shirt, and no one goes. You know what? That might be a little, uh, a little too much. And if you had a little more diversity when it came, when it comes to making these types of decisions, well, then you avoid these types of situations. Am I glad that Jim Cornette is gone? Yes. Yes. Why? I don't know what he's doing on a modern wrestling show when all he does is shit on modern wrestling. And I appreciate what NWA is doing, but you still have guys like Ricky Sparks who are there. You still have um, um you know who's a who's a high flyer. You have guys like um um I'm drawing a blank Aaron 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 why can't I remember his last name with his with his um, with his skin colored tights who is is essentially he's doing comedy he's being goofy you know how much Cornette likes that is it a You know, I see a lot of people telling me, well, see, this just proves that Jim Cornette, what he talks about, what he does is a work. It's a gimmick to get people riled up. Okay. But, you know, if you know you're being an asshole and you're doing it anyway, I think it's kind of worse than if you're just an asshole and you don't realize it. Anywho. Aaron Stevens, thank you, Daniel. Uh, Aaron J. Sven says that uh, Cornette lives in the past and that the world has changed, but he hasn't, which is true. And uh, Benoit Parisse says Rickaboni. Yes. Bring our boy Rickaboni. Save him from Ring of Honor. Jesus Christ. What is going on with Ring of Honor? Something that happened just a couple of hours before I jumped onto the stream. BJ Whitmer basically confirmed that Kelly Klein current women of honor champ is she the current women of honor champion i think she is look it doesn't matter because they never they never do anything with their women um he she she's been fired from ring of honor she was fired while uh, uh while uh injured she has a concussion she's uh, taking some time off and uh she uh they, they they're tossing her to the curb Because she basically stood up for Joey Mercury, who, this is a whole other uh, story that you guys should get into if you're not. Joey Mercury was basically calling out Ring of Honor for being, for mistreating talent, for not being there for them, for not providing doctors uh, during matches, and so on and so forth. And uh, Kelly Klein, about a month ago, she had tweeted out um, something to the effect that, There's stuff she'd like to talk about, but she's afraid for her job, but she, you know, she knows some people need, would need protection and, and it's crazy. It's crazy to think that she was afraid for her job, for speaking out to make sure that things got better for the talent. And what happens? She gets, she gets fired. Ring of Honor is not in good shape, folks. And this is, this is, it's the, it's management. And like I said, uh, Joe Koff, who's the COO of the company, is, well, he doesn't have much goodwill. Let's put it that way. Shout out to Trevor Dame on Twitter, who made this comparison here. Uh, In late September, he was, he had an interview talking about the uh, Women of Honor, uh, the, the women's division. Um, the question was asked, how does ring of honor plan to make the women of honor division stand out? And this was in September of this year, Joe Koff, CEO of ring of honor said talent will speak to that. And the reason you see a slower growth is because we have high standards for our talent. There's a lot of women, women's wrestling and good women's wrestling to be a wrestler right now is an excellent time to be a fan is an excellent time. The business right now, it's a cyclical business. If you followed wrestling before you've seen these cycles before maintaining staying focused keeps you in the game to keep playing and playing on our women's division is strong it's not huge we are still looking for a stable of high profile women and that's not to say women who who are wrestling aren't but you need more than four or five or six to have a robust division there's a lot of training and development going on and we are a patient company so i don't feel the need to rush that out We've had some pretty good signings over the past couple of months in the women's division and I think you'll see an uptick in that shortly such as um, Session Moth Martina who was added to the Women of Honor roster for some bizarre reason. Our women's division is small because we have high standards. You're going to see an uptick in the division soon. Two months ago, two months later, Kelly Klein gets kicked out on her ass while she's concussed working for that company that has such high standards for its women and its talent. This was all in support of, because of what uh, Joey Mercury was talking about. He even leaked the email that uh, Klein got sent. There's part of it that has to do with the fact that she... She was in support of uh Joey Mercury calling out Ring of Honor for paying their women $25,000 a year to wrestle. This is a bad, bad, bad situation, and it's of course it's developing. We're definitely going to hear more as things uh develop uh, uh, within the next few days, as Kristen pointed out in the chat. See, she's reached out to Kelly Klein, hopefully. We can get more clarification on that end. But I'm going to tell you one thing, folks. This is the most critical part of it. I take no pleasure in seeing what's happening to Ring of Honor. And I don't think anyone should take pleasure in seeing Ring of Honor being dragged down like it is. Suffering under shit management that doesn't take care of its talent. And that is seeing all this uptick in wrestling, this current boom period. And doesn't take care of its people. Ring of Honor's legacy for wrestling is way too important for us to be sitting around and saying, Ha! You dumb fuckers! You brought it on yourselves, boo! If you are a wrestling fan in 2019, and if you're watching this show right now, you probably are, there is a fair chance that whoever your favorite wrestlers are, their path to success has went through Ring of Honor and probably in some significant way. Whether you're you're a fan of Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Sami Zayn, Adam Cole, Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong. And I'm forgetting a whole shitload of them. These are all guys that went through Ring of Honor. The wrestling landscape right now would not be as interesting or as full as it is. And the independent scene in the United States would never have been as exciting as it's been over the past 10 to 12 years if it hadn't been for Ring of Honor. And I sincerely believe that. Let's make an argument for PWG. Sure. But Ring of Honor was... was much too big. And it's too important. And it makes me sad. I don't like seeing this. It should be run by people who are into the wrestling business and not just a bunch of executives. Andrew says, I worry about Flip. I think he signed a five-year deal last year. I'm not quite sure what his status was, but he did tweet out a couple of weeks ago when Triple H did the I'm assembling an army promo on SmackDown. He tweeted himself out, flying off the top rope with an American flag, tagging Triple H. Hey, I hear you're looking for an army. Flip has got to get out of there. Jeff Cobb has got to get out of there. Bandido, Roosh, they all have to get out of there. Right now, it's it's a very, very ill environment. And good points, Andrew. CM Punk, Samoa Joe, AJ, Daniel Bryan. I don't know how I forgot Daniel Bryan. He was... Ring of Honor was so formative for him. Anywho, this is all, (laughs) um, yeah, (laughs) there's still so much stuff I want to talk about, but you know what? I think I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up the stream here. I wanted to talk about Survivor Series. I wanted to say how exciting it was. You know what? I think that's what we're going to talk about over on the, uh, on the post stream. Um, I, I like, I, I could probably do a two hour show, but I don't want to do a two hour show. Um, because at some point, even I get sick of listening to my own voice in the headset, but, uh, so come and join me, J- become a Patreon. J- it, l- like the pay the, 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 level that you can get in and come and come into the chat and talk for with me for the, uh, for the word is off the clock streams. It's five bucks for a month and you get them all. And those, uh, the, the power pals were in the chat here can are, can testify to this. I, we interact a lot more than what I do here on the mainstream because it's much more intimate. I take more, yeah, I'm off the clock. So I'm taking my time. I'm much more chill, much more loose. We're going to talk about survivor series. We're going to talk about triple H over on the post stream. Come and join me. It'll be fun. I like having fun, but you know what? I hope you guys, had a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, this was such a great week of wrestling. There was just so much great stuff again. And by God. By God. This weekend is is again going to be bananas. So don't forget this weekend folks. Saturday. Well first of all. Tomorrow evening. Post show. Over on Fightful. Uh, on Fightful's YouTube channel. S- Smackdown post show. Uh, I'll be there with Sean Ross Sapp. Saturday morning, right here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Dits from Dits on Wrestling is going to be joining me for Survivor Series predictions. Saturday evening, back on Fightful with the uh, Takeover War Games post show. And then back on Sunday evening on the Fightful channel for the Survivor Series post show. I think I'm going to have to ha- take some honey and uh, ginger lozenges for my voice to make sure it doesn't break apart <laughs> because that is going i i'm excited though i don't don't misconstrue i'm not complaining i love these moments where these these weekends these weeks where it's like i'm stacked with stuff it's so good because you know what because i like wrestling i i love wrestling i'm with wrestling hashtag i'm with wrestling ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining me in the for joining us live here tonight thank you everyone in the chat you guys made it exceptional once again this evening i want to thank uh i want to thank everyone for popping in so whenever you decide to come over and see me again i'll see you next time